Pastor John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. to take your Bibles, if you will, please, and today is a, our, our baby dedication Sunday, and, um, and I really just like to, on these special days, take a break from whatever series we're in, and we're in the series of studying and preaching through the book of 1 John, but I want to call time out on that series, and then we'll get back and re-engage in that sermon series next week. And today I just want to talk to you a little bit about children. Actually, I want to share with you some things from God's Word uh, concerning our children and things we need to remember as parents. Now, this message is not only for these parents that are sitting right here. Uh, This message is for all the grandparents. This message is for all parents, all of us that are investing in children and grandchildren. I think these words are for us, and they're straight from God's Word. And so I hope and pray that that you'll be encouraged as a result of hearing what the Word of God has to say about our families and about our children. Uh, So take out your Bibles, if you will, and many of you I know have electronic versions, and I encourage you to take those out as well. If you do not use the Logos Bible software app, I want to encourage you to download that. It's free. Uh, Once you log into your Bible through the Logos Bible software app, then you can follow along in our presentation. There'll be a little a uh, little icon that'll pop up every time there's a scripture, scripture reference. You can push it and it'll take you right to that passage of scripture in your Bible. So uh, follow along in the Logos Bible app if you use an electronic version. If you have your hard copy paper version, that's still just as good, okay? Uh, so any of those are certainly appropriate. Psalm 127, verse number 3. Really, I'm going to use this passage of scripture as a springboard uh, to go into some other passages of scripture that we see and. Uh, But Psalm 127, verse 3. Let's look at it together. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you in this time and we're so thankful for how you have blessed these families with children, how you have blessed us that aren't dedicating our children today with children, and the grandparents with grandchildren. And God, they certainly are a blessing from you. They're a gift from you. And Lord, we just pray today that you help us to celebrate the wonderful blessing of life, God, that you've given so many of us. And we pray, dear God, that you meet with us, that you speak to our hearts, that you give us discernment from your word today. And our prayer is like Martin Luther prayed many, many years ago, that the Spirit of God would take the word of God and make us all more like the Son of God. Father, that's our prayer as we study your word together concerning our children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Psalm 127, verses 3 through 5, there's several different things you could bring out of this text. Now, I am not going to expound in depth on this text, but I want you to see a couple things, first of all, 
in verse number three, he says that our children are our heritage. Now, I don't have anything on the screen for this, but this is kind of by way of introduction. By the way, you'll learn after I preach, you sit under my preaching long enough that my introductions are about, my, my sermons really are only about five minutes. Seriously. My sermons are only about five. It's the introductions that I kind of get hung up in. And so let me lay a little bit of a foundation here. I want you to see in this passage, it says that children are a heritage from the Lord. Now, our children, number one, are a heritage. And the Bible says that they are a reward from God. Guys, a lot of times we live, start, I feel like we're in a culture where people are kind of snubbing their nose up at having children. And they look at the evil all around our world today and they think, you know what? Let's just not even bring children into this evil world today. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you think would have happened to, uh, to, to Moses' parents if, if they would have taken that ideology and not had a child? Because this is what I know. Anytime there is a need in the world, God births a child into the world, hopefully and prayerfully, to meet that need. So I want you to see that children are a heritage from the Lord. They're a reward from Him. Then verse number 4 talks about how children are helpers. They're not only a heritage, but they're also helpers. It says, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And they're like arrows in the hand of a warrior. They help that warrior and they help that family. And children are a true and, and big benefit to a family. It's not only a heritage that we're passing down, a reward from God, but also helpers. As a matter of fact, there's a key word in verse number 4 that I didn't notice until about the last couple of years or so. You see, I turned 50 years old this year, and I realize this body's going through a change, and I don't do things as easily as I used to be able to do them. I may do them, but I'm going to pay for it the next two or three days after I do them, right? Notice the key word that jumps off the page at me is verse 4, the last word. It says that you're to have these children in your youth, right? Uh, there's a reason that God lets 20-year-olds have kids, right? And I'm not saying if you're 30 or 40 or 50 and have children that you're out of God's Word. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, hey, I realize that this body's not like it used to be, and I can't stay up all night long, right? I need about, I need some sleep. I remember back in the day, I didn't need a whole lot of sleep. I could go on two, three, four hours of sleep and just make it and do okay. It's not like that anymore. Matter of fact, we went to the men's retreat. Okay, I was already exhausted. But I was in bed at 9.30 last night. And I realized some were just getting started in their evening last night at that time. But I like how it says that children of one's youth. So they're helpers. They also bring happiness. Look in verse number 5. The, the, verse, the verse says, Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And that word blessed means happy. It means happy indeed. So there's tremendous happiness that comes as a result of, of bearing children into the world. So we see the heritage in verse 3. We see the helpers in verse 4. We see the happiness that's brought in verse number 5. Now today, we're going to be dedicating these, baby and these babies and these children to the Lord. And, uh, and just let me say something about the baby dedication service that we do here at Victory Church. The baby dedication that, that we do is really more about the parents than it is about the children, right? Uh, we do not teach that as a result of this baby dedication that, that these children have come to the point of salvation and trust in Christ as their Savior, right? We, we do know there's an age uh, of accountability that they will come to, and our job is to be faithful to teach them the Word of God so that when they come of age, they can make a decision and trust Christ as their Savior, I know every time I say that, people question, well, what would happen if these children were to pass away before they come to that age? That's called grace. 
Every baby, every young child that has ever, unfortunately, died at a very young age, I promise you, those children are with the Lord today. Amen? And I know we have a lot of mothers that have lost children along the way, and let me tell you, those babies are with Jesus, okay? So uh, I don't want there to be any misunderstanding about that. But this service that we're talking about today, it's really more about a vow and a commitment that these parents are going to be making to rear their children, to bring up their children in the, in the admonition, in the fear of the Lord. So really dedicating a child back to God, we're, we're acknowledging the sovereignty of God. We're acknowledging the gift that God has given us. We're acknowledging that this child that we have is a gift to us from God, and we're dedicating that child back to the Lord. And what an awesome responsibility it is to be a parent, to be a godly Christian parent, to be able to rear and bring those children up in the way of the Lord. The Bible teaches us in 1 Samuel 1, you don't have to turn there, I'm just going to reference it, The Bible says that Hannah brought Samuel back to the Lord and and left him there in the temple and gave him back to the Lord in an act of worship. Now, let me just say this. For every baby child that's going to be dedicated and brought to the house of the Lord today, you get to take them home with you after church, right? You're not going to leave them here like like Hannah left Samuel. You get to take them home with you, uh, but it's just that act of worship of giving them back. The Bible also says that Mary and Joseph took Jesus to the temple to worship. He was very accustomed to going to the temple as a child. And, of course, he started teaching there as a young child. But the point is that Mary and Joseph took him there. In the same way, these parents are bringing their children to the house of the Lord as an act of worship, as an act of dedicating them back to God, as an act of making a vow uh, to God that they're going to raise them in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Okay? So I want you to understand that. I want to look at several different things that we see about our children. And these are things that we all need to understand pertaining to our children. Now jot these down. I'm going to give you about four of them. I want you to pay attention to these. I want you to try to get it from Scripture. I'll be as brief as I can this morning. But the first thing that I want you to see is this. That our children were given to us by the Lord. Now here's one thing that I believe. I don't believe there are any children that are here by accident or mistake, right? I don't believe there are any children. I don't care how they were conceived. There's not a child that's born into this world by accident or mistake. I believe the sovereign hand of God is involved whenever a child is brought into this world. And they're given to us by the Lord. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse number 5, God says to Jeremiah, I chose you. Before you were even in the womb, I chose you. Now, he chose Jeremiah to be a prophet to the people of God. And Jeremiah, we know in Scripture, is the weeping prophet. And what a a burden he carried for the people of God and how God used him in a marvelous way. But I want you to know that God had a plan for that child before he was ever in the womb. You know, a lot of times... A lot of times, I don't know if you're like me, but sometimes I think, boy, the 21st century, I don't know if I like living in the 21st century. And I go back and I read what was taking place in the 18th century, and I love to go back and read some stories of some circuit-riding preachers. And there was a one called Preacher Sheffy and how he rode on his horse from town to town, and he would pull up into a town, and he would get up on a stump or get on the town square, and he would just start preaching, and crowds would start coming, and he'd do a three- or four- or five-day revival. Sometimes he'd just preach one message. If it wasn't received well, he'd get on his horse, ride off in the sunset, and go to the next town. You know, as I read about that in the 1800s, I think, man, 
Why could I not have been born in the 1800s? I love horses. I love to ride horses. I love the outdoors. And I would, I would just love to get on my saddlebags and get on my horse and get in my saddle and just take off and ride into the sunset. There's something glorious about that and splendor about that. But also the story reads that he nearly froze to death in the winter times by riding that horse from town to town. And the story also goes on to say when you study about his life that he would ride into one town and, and he would be frozen in his saddle. And they would have to chip away the ice from him to get him out of his saddle and to get him to a place where they could warm him up so that he wouldn't die. So there were some hardships as well. But sometimes I think about, man, I would love to have been born in the 1800s and to be God's man in the 1800s. Well, guess what? God didn't need me in the 1800s. You may say, well, God doesn't need you now, preaching. No, no, I'm just kidding. God didn't need me in the 1800s. I mean, he had Preacher Sheffy and Preacher Sheffield and he had those guys, right? But he need me, needs me or has a purpose for me in this day that I am living in the year 2014. And that's very true for all these kids today. You see, because I believe God dictates the time that every child will be born. The children were given to us by the Lord. And God has a plan and a purpose for every child that you guys are holding, every baby that you're rocking, every child that's out in our children's church. Right now, the Lord has a plan and a purpose for them in this day and age. And we've often heard that children are the church of tomorrow. I disagree with that. I think children are the church of today. You see, God can use them even now as children to bring about his glory and to bring about his purpose in love. So the point I want you to get is that these children were given to us by the Lord. Psalm 139 just simply reads, For it was you, speaking of the Lord, who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb, and I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. So the point just simply is that children are from the Lord. The second thing I want you to see is this. Not only are our children from, given to us by the Lord, but get this one. Our children are not ours to keep. Right? Uh, hang on. I know I see mothers right now getting really worried about this. What do you mean they're not mine to keep? Well, you've got to remember whose they are. Right? They are the Lord's children. Now, He has gifted you and blessed you. And thought highly enough of you to be able to raise his children in his ways so that he can use them one day for his purpose and for his, his glory. But I want you to see that our children are not ours to keep. You see, as parents, and I realize we never quit parenting. You know, my children are young adults now, and, and I realize we never stop parenting. And I mean, I turned 50 years old, and my mother and my father and my mother-in-law, they still parent us at 50, Right? So you never really stop parenting, but you've got to realize that these children are, are the Lord's, and every single day, my job is to work myself out of a job. You see, <clears throat> I don't think it's the role and the job of the parent to always have your children be dependent upon you. There comes a day and age when they need to be independent. And, 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 and I know as parents, and maybe more so as moms, it's, it's hard to allow them to move into their independence and be the person that God has created them to be. But we must allow that to take place. We must realize that our children are not ours to keep. They're a gift from God. They're only ours to rear or to raise. In 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 27 and verse number 28, it says, I prayed for this boy. 
Hannah's saying, I have prayed for this child. Since the Lord gave me what I asked for him, I will now give the boy to the Lord. So the point just simply is that these children we've got to acknowledge are God's children, right? We're just stewards. We're just rearing them. We have the responsibility to raise them in the ways of the Lord and to give them back. And that's really what part of this dedication service is. It's realizing that these children belong to God. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to make a vow that I'm going to raise them in the ways of the Lord so that God can take them and use them for His glory whenever that time comes. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean they have to move away, but it just simply means that they become an adult and they do what God wants them to do and maybe not so much what Mama wants them to do or Daddy wants them to do, right? You see, Debbie and I had to come to this place years ago with our kids when they were very young, and I'll never forget it. And I've shared this with you before. But we were at our national convention, and, 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 and they were preaching there, and, and they were preaching about parenting. And, and I remember about the time that we walked the aisle, and Debbie and I got down, and we knelt, and we prayed. And the prayer went something like this. And the prayer was, God, help us to raise our children so that they are in the center of your will and so that they stay in the center of your will. And here's kind of how we prayed that. We prayed and we said, Lord, I would rather our children be in the center of your will and live halfway around the world than to be out of your will and live next door. Are you with me? The goal of the parent is to raise that child so that child is in the center of God's will. Let me give you the third thing. So our children are not not ours to keep. The third thing I think we can glean from Scripture, get this, the home. There's something key, there's something significant about the home. The home is the most natural place to learn about the Lord. So mom and dads, you have a responsibility in the home. And part of that is, is to teach your children about the Lord in the home. Now that doesn't mean the church doesn't have a role in that. I think the church should partner with the home to help us all collectively together teach the next generation about the Lord. But really, the primary responsibility, the primary faith trainer in the home, it's mom and dad. You are the ones that have the most influence on those children, right? It's not the children's church workers. It's not the youth pastor. It's not even me as the senior pastor. Listen, it's the parents that have the most influence on a child. And what we're to do is leverage that influence and teach them about the Lord. So the primary faith trainer in the home are the parents. Listen to what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6 in verse 4 through 9. It says, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then he gives the command in verse number 5. This is known as the Shema. We, we teach and preach about this often around here. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. What he's telling the parents is, first of all, I want you to love me. I want you to love God. Okay? And then he says in verse number 6, These words I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. So he said, in the home you're to be doing some things. Then he says, bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. The point is this. The home is the most natural place to teach our children about the Lord. And so what we need to be doing as parents, 
Let's look at this verse real quickly, and I won't glean here long, but there's a few things I want us to see. I want you to see, first of all, that the command is that I am to love. As, as the father of my children, as the father of your children, as the mother of your children, the command is that you and I are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, <clears throat> with all of our soul, and with all of our strength. And then the Bible says that the words that He is giving us is to be stored away in a book and a folder and filed away somewhere and put in a file cabinet and get out once a year and remind ourselves. No, it's not what it says. Where is the Word? Where are the commands of God supposed to be? Talk to me, church. In your heart, right? So how could you ever teach your children the ways of the Lord if the ways of the Lord are not in you? Right? So really the whole thing about dedicating a child and raising a child in the ways of the Lord is that first of all, I'm committing myself to the ways of the Lord. Right? I mean, it's not about do what, don't do what I say and not what I do. It's really more about do what I do. And if you do what you do in walking with Christ, you probably have to say a whole lot because we all know that more is caught than taught. Right? Your children are paying attention to how you live. They're paying attention to how you act and how you react. They're paying attention to decisions that you make every single day. They are watching you. And you are shaping and forming your children by what you do every single day. And the Bible says that the love that you are to love God and the Word of God is to be in your heart. Because if it's not in my heart, I certainly can't teach my children the ways of the Lord. And then once the Word of the Lord is in me, in my heart... And I am walking that path and walking that trail and I'm following the, the commands of God. I'm living after Him. I'm worshiping after Him. Then, he says, we repeat them to our children in verse 7 and we talk about it while we sit in the house as we're walking down the road. That just means along the way as circumstances and opportunities and situations and different things pop up in a child's life, in your life, in the life of the family. You talk about that as a family. You talk about that to your children and you teach them the ways of the Lord in those decision-making moments in your life. When you lie down, when you go to bed at night, you're talking about it. When you get up in the morning, you're talking about it. And you repeat it day in and day out and day in and day out out and there's never a time when you're not doing that. Can I get a witness, church? So the point is the home, the home, it's the most natural place to teach our children about the Lord. Does that mean the church is not important? Oh, by no means. The church is very important. And we need to be connected together as a body of believers. And the church comes alongside the home and, and, and just really reinforces what they're doing in the home. So the home's the most natural place. Let me give you number four and I'm done. Things we need to understand and remember about our children. Number four is that godly instruction for children begins in the hearts of the parents. Now, I've already said that. I've already alluded to that. But I want to drive it home a little bit right here. Mom and Dad, how's your heart with the Lord? How's your heart with God? Because before we can ever impact our children, before we can impact our grandchildren in the ways of the Lord, we must be dead level sure that everything is well in my heart, between me and God, right? Godly instruction for the children begins in the hearts of the parents. So before we dedicate a child, we've got to dedicate ourselves. Before we teach a child, we've got to teach ourselves the ways of God, right? And then as we're doing that, we teach our children. I love, in conclusion, to wrap it up, 3 John verse 4 says this, I have no greater joy than this, 
to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Man, that verse resonates in my spirit. I have no greater joy. There's some parents that put far greater joy on knowing that their children has achieved some type of scholarship, some type of recognition, some type of fame, some type of championship, some type of all-star team, that they have far greater joy in those things than they do about their children walking in the ways of the Lord. Now, I told you earlier, I love sports as much as anybody loves sports. And I played them back when I was young as much as anybody played them. I mean, I grew up in the age when there was no TV in my home, really. There was a little black and white, white box in there, a little bit of color, and it was all fuzzy, and little rabbit ears. I didn't I care less about a TV back in the day. I wanted to be outside playing ball, right? And that's where I was. I love sports as much as anybody. But I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the ways of the Lord Far greater joy than any achievement they can get in this world, whether it be athletic achievement, educational achievement, career achievements, I don't care what they are. The greatest joy that we should have as parents is to know that our children are walking in the ways of the Lord. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Let's pray here for just a moment, and then I'm going to have the parents and their children come up on the stage. Father... Right now, God, we thank you for your word. And we just pray, dear God, that, that first of all, that our hearts, as parents, as grandparents, as adults, for everyone in this room this morning, that our heart would be in a right relationship and fellowship with you. And God, if there's any of us here that either one have never trusted Christ as our Savior, my prayer is that today would be the day of salvation. And it may just be one person here that needs to trust Christ as their Savior. Maybe there's many. But God, if there's one, I need to pause right now and help them. Maybe that's some of you or one of you or several of you here this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want to help you this morning. If you're here today and you never trusted in Jesus as your personal Savior, I'm not going to ask you to walk in the aisle. I'm not going to come ask you to come up here and stand in front of anyone. But right now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, will you just quietly, quietly, sincerely in your heart pray something like this? Just say, Dear God, I believe that your Son, Jesus, is the Son of God. I believe that you lived a sinless life when you were here on this earth. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the entire world, but especially for my sins. And that you were buried and that you rose again victoriously the third day. And Father, right now, the best I know how, I pray that you would forgive me. I ask you, God, that you would cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I just pray, dear God, that you would forgive me for where I've failed you and where I've gone astray and where I've sinned. Father, I confess my sins to you and I pray, God, you forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Every head still bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. Just let me say to you this morning, if you prayed that prayer and you asked Christ into your heart, that as of right now you are a child of God. It's really that simple. It's a prayer in faith in the finished work of Calvary and what Jesus did on the cross. It's not about you being a good person. It's not about going to church. It's not about a list of rules and regulations. It's about a relationship 
with Jesus Christ. And if you've prayed and asked Christ into your heart, right now you've become a child of God. As heads are still bowed and eyes are closed, let me deal with those that may have already accepted Christ as their Savior. But their walk with God right now is not where it needs to be. And and I have no idea who that may be. But I want to help you. If there's one, I want to help that one. Why don't you pray a prayer like this? Say, Dear God, I realize that I have sinned. My fellowship with you has been broken. It's not like it used to be. And Father, I pray you forgive me. I ask you, God, to restore me into a right relationship with you, right fellowship with you. Help me, God, I pray. Forgive me of my shortcomings and my sins, faults and failures. Draw me unto yourself. Help me to live for you every single day of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And Father, I pray today for those individuals that may have prayed that prayer. I ask you, dear God, God, that you give them the reassurance of their salvation. God, that you help them know that they have been redeemed, they have been restored into a right fellowship with you. I ask your blessings on them and on every person here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can email or call or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109, Fallon, Illinois, 62269. Come and check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.